welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, man, what's happening? I'm going to got some of his eardrums on that one, right? Uh, yeah. I'm so excited. It's our first podcast since the, since the NFL draft. I know, man. It feels like an ages ago. I feel like a whole new man. I feel bad because the podcast is coming out a day late. Uh, well, yes, that was that was due to me. Uh, everyone can blame me. My house got stricken with flu again. It was due to doo doo. It was doo doo flying everywhere. It was a dirty scene. <laughs> I don't have heard enough. <laughs> I don't need to hear any more. We have so much to go into. So much, in fact, we're gonna have to pack this into two episodes. Yes, sir. And I think we're just gonna record these back to back, right? I think so. Yeah. So next week, if there's any breaking news, and you're like, "Why do you guys talk about this?" is because, hey, we're gonna take off next week, and we're gonna just record back to back episodes tonight. Yes, we're sir. Put in a long night tonight, aren't we? That's the way I like it. A lot of editing. <laughs> Zero editing. <laughs> Little known fact about our podcast: uh, I've done a lot of guest spots on podcasts, and they all you know they do editing and stuff like that. We have never edited a damn show in nah, three years. We don't. Really. We record. We don't even listen back. So, look, if it's bad, we don't even know. <laughs> you you guys are our editors. Yeah, when there's something wrong with the podcast, you'll let us know. Like that one time there was a beeping noise in the background the whole time. Yep. Everybody's like, hey, do you guys know, you guys know there's a beeping noise in the background? I'm like, I do now. Yes, thanks, so, for, thanks for telling me. No time for small chat here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into this. Um, do what I didn't mention last week, though? Last week, on last week's episode, we never met, failed to mention, last week we surpassed a million downloads. Wow, that's big time. That's a lot of downloads. That is. Thanks, everyone. In three years. So thanks, everybody, for downloading the episodes. Mm-hmm. Keep, do, keep doing that. Keep it up. Maybe we'll get to two million someday. And before we get into the show, I got to talk about our sponsor, Maisie. Maisie. Now, listen, throw out everything I said before because... We no. finally started like actually using it during our, our draft. Yeah. So our Superflex League started yeah. and my $500 Startup League started. Right. right. Everybody that's in the league can attest to this. This app is is unbelievable. It's actually amazing. It's so you love that line. I do. Amazing, man. Amazing. So Maisie, M-A-Z-E-Y. It's an app you could download. It's the best way to communicate with your league mates. I'm telling you. For fantasy football, even if you have a redraft league going on, anybody that does not live by you, this is the way to communicate. You have all these different like groups you could put in that you can mute trades, general, private message. Somebody puts on there, hey, I'm thinking about trading down. Boom, click their name, hit direct message, there it goes. Yep. It's a phenomenal app. It's a, it's actually, I mean, it's it wasn't initially made for fantasy football, but it works perfect for it. I mean, it's, it really goes hand in hand. I mean, these everyone in our league right now is a complete stranger, basically, yes. other, other than you and I. And it's a great way to get to know these guys. There's been so much communication in this league. I mean, there's more communication in this league in one day basically than i've had in another league in like the three years that it's been going yeah just because it, it, it's so easy to communicate and every dynasty leagues like in our like our dynasty league and everything i think i want to get everybody all my leagues into this right i mean you can literally hold your draft on this if you wanted to like if you were like if you guys all live far away and you want to hold your actual draft on here and it's okay you're up and you can you can have literally once because sometimes you know you don't have a group message going on because like Hey, here's my pick, and then there's like three people talking, four people talking. Like, what's the last pick? Sure. You can make a category that says picks. Picks, yeah. And, that's, and you just put your pick in there, and everybody communicates another spot. Right. It, there's so many different ways you can use this app. Maisie, M A Z E Y. Uh, again, we don't steer you wrong. We don't promote many things, but this app, if you just try it out, I promise you, you'll love it for fantasy football. And you'll probably find other ways to use it. Um, again, and it's free. Yep. It's free. It's free. It's it's a piece of cake, man. You just you get a little promo code for your little group, and then you just send it out to the people you want it. It's super fast to sign up. All you do is put in your phone number, and that's it. And that's the first, that's the only time that it's you know your phone number really goes out to anything. Um, I texted you today at lunchtime. I was like, this Maisie app really is pretty damn amazing. It is. And it, yeah. I mean, if you if anybody's in our leagues right now, like my five hundred dollar league or uh, our super flex league, tweet out. Uh, tag Maisie in it too, and I'll retweet it because that way you guys actually reach out to these people and say, "Hey, is this the truth? What they're talking about?" Again, I would not steer you wrong. This product is unbelievable for your dynasty leagues. M A Z E Y Maisie, download it today. I'm literally on there. I think I was on there probably 65 times today. 
I mean, it, my phone was just blowing up. It was great, man. Yeah, it, it's it, a phenomenal it, app. It really was. And the best way to just check it out is literally just download it, get your league mates involved, and try it out. And I guarantee you could thank me later. It's so much easier than having to check in to your league and, and look in a message board or anything like that. It just pops up right on your phone. Yeah, so like I said, perfect. if you want to make a trade, somebody says, hey, I'm interested in making a trade. Boom, you click their name. Right. You could be the first one to get to them. Direct message. What are you looking for? Yeah. Here's my offer. I'm gonna send you an offer, and it what pops up. It pops up on your phone just like a text message. It's yes, great. it's yeah. fun. and you can mute it. Mm-hmm. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. You I, can't mute text messages. Really, this you can no. say, okay, I don't want to get any alerts right now. No bings. Mute. mute. La- yeah, absolutely. Last night, uh, I mean, I was getting ready to go to bed, and the thing was blowing up, and I just boop, I muted it, and and went to bed, and I didn't get any more notifications till the morning when I turned it back on, and there they were. There oh, they were. They were just sitting there. Maisie, M A Z E Y. Check it out. It is phenomenal. It's a communication app, the way to communicate with anybody in your life. So let's get into this now. Let's get into a little news and notes before we get into the draft. And then when we get into the draft, we're going to go through each round. We'll probably get through round one and two today, and then the last three rounds next week. Sure. Just a quick synopsis of where the player landed, what we think right away, and go from there. And then after these two shows, we'll come back with episodes of breaking down our top five rounds of rookies. And we'll Mm -hmm. just go through each round, round one, round two, and kind of give you the breakdown of players too, where we have them officially ranked. In our rankings, yep. Now that we have them yep, there. Yep. Um, so first, news and notes. News and notes like, okay, here, there's a couple winners out of the draft that weren't rookies, right? Amir Abdullah, for example. Amir Abdullah, the Lions do not draft a running back. So it's Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick. The GM came out there and said, Amir Abdullah is our starting running back. Sure. Zach Zenner should be the goal line guy, but Amir Abdullah is an electric runner. And this is his year to see if he could break out. He could be one of those buy lows, high reward running backs who's still really young if he can stay healthy. Right, I, and I'm not like a I'm not, I've never been like a huge Abdullah fan, but I mean, without that, with with them not drafting somebody, that's nothing but good news for his value. So Paul Perkins, right? They don't draft a running back. <laughs> we were worried about what they're going to do there. You know, we thought, hey, what if they bring in a big running back? Same thing. They came out and said Paul Perkins is our starting running back. Right. Great value there on a team that's loaded with offensive weapons. You have a running back here that's going to be the starting running back who can also catch the ball very well coming out of the backfield. Ben McAdoo runs that up-tempo offense, loves to throw to running backs as well. Paul Perkins could, could be a surprise running back one this year. I agree, man. Um, I've been kind of hinting at that here and there since the end of the season. I, I really liked what I saw when he, he basically auditioned there at the end of the year for the for the feature role, and, and he didn't fall on his face. We I talked about he, this a month ago. Thought he looked pretty good. No, we love Paul Perkins, and, and look at look at he comes out on top. Obviously, they agree because they didn't you know they didn't draft anyone to replace him. So yeah. some people say these guys talk about the stuff they're right too much, but it's so hard when you're right all the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't hurt your hand patting yourself on the back over uh, there. I pat myself too much. So uh, Paul Perkins, if you have Paul Perkins, you're a very happy person. I love Paul Perkins. Yeah, so you're, you're in a great spot. Absolutely. Um, no, the other two winners are. You know, the Ravens receivers, Mike Wallace and Brashad Perriman. Now, a lot of people are like, hey, Brashad Perriman, this is, you know, the homeless predator. And <laughs> he hasn't done anything yet, right? He has, he's done nothing, right? And I'm still not, honestly, I'm not buying anything on Brashad Perriman. But, you know, older players you can usually get for pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Old receivers you usually get for pretty see- cheap. If you need receiver help and you're a championship contender, this year, I do not see any reason why you can't get Mike Wallace for a second-round pick, like a late second-round pick in this 2017 draft, right? Sure. Mike Wallace had a great year last year I, playing no, he, in an offense. He, did. he fits he had, Joe Flacco to a T. He had a bounce-back year for sure. Um, him and Mike, you know, Mike Wallace and, and Joe Flacco, they they obviously complement each other very well because um, Mike Wallace needs somebody that can throw the deep ball, and, and Joe Flacco throws a really nice deep ball. Yeah. So um, I think out of the two of them, you know, for the short term, obviously Mike Wallace is probably going to be the guy with the most value. I, c- I could still see them signing, you know, like a Anquan Bolden type of guy as well. Yeah. But that doesn't take away from Mike Wallace's and that's for value. Th- yeah, not so, for what he does for this year. Remember, Mike Wallace finishes wide receiver 22 last year. Right. So it was a low-end wide receiver two, but a wide receiver two nonetheless. Sure. And you could probably look for him to finish – Right around that same area. Wouldn't even surprise me maybe he finished just a little bit higher being in the system for a second year. Anywhere from wide receiver 18 to 22, which is still pretty damn good. If you're a contender, giving up a late second-round pick, say second-round 10, 11, 12, just for that receiver help, even if he's your fourth receiver, that's a great person to have to have a wide receiver two to flex in there and flex out. Again, I guarantee Mike Wallace is on nobody's radar. Right, and don't, I mean, don't forget that they lost They lost a guy in uh... – Aiken, he went. He went to the Colts. So I mean, yeah, that's Kamara a, Aiken dipped out. Right. So I mean, that's one. You know, one less person there as well. So 
Yeah, in the running back game, kind of Dixon out <clears throat> right away. So it's Danny Woodhead and Terrence West. Mm-hmm. Going to want to going to want to throw the ball. Sure. Going to want to do that. So Mike Wallace, I think, is a really good buy low right now. I agree. Um, and and you know, like I'm not a huge Mike Wallace fan. Me but, neither. But I think he the value. I think it's a value. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Mike Wallace. He's not long term value there either. But again, we're talking about win now. Remember, why do you play fantasy football? Uh, to win cash. Why do you play dynasty fantasy football? To win lots of cash over time. Multiple multiple championships. <laughs> so, again, something that's going to give you over the edge. You want to win. Mike Wallace is somebody that's going to help you win your championship game next year. Sure. Vince McDonald, you want to talk about him, right? Um, yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, there's obviously a little bit of, of news that came out um, after the draft about basically John Lynch admitting that they were trying to trade him actively during the draft. They got no takers. But to me... Um, that pretty pretty much speaks to the fact that he's not really the guy that Kyle Shanahan wants. You're not welcome here, Vance. Yeah, and then they the go seats taken. Then they go out and uh, they draft uh, Kittle, the tight end from Iowa. Kittle and bits. Kittle and bits. So who is a very athletic guy as well, um, and can and can block. We so, talked about him in our tight end episode. He's like one of those sneaky kind of upside kind of tight ends right there. He definitely is. Yeah. See him having value down the road, probably right around like year three. Nice sneaky round. Gives him a little boot. Like, all that news gives him a boost in your rookie draft. Fourth round, you could probably get Kittle. Right, absolutely. Right? Yeah, because he's not, like, a highly sought-after guy. But, I mean, if if Kyle Shanahan's hand-picking him, either a tight end or a running back, in my eyes, that boosts their value a little bit. Agree. And this is something that they wanted. Uh, remember, this is his first year. They're going to take guys that they want to build for the long-term around. And Kittle is one of those guys that you're not going to hear much about probably year one but should be slowly moved into that offense over the next couple of years and will be good good value for your dynasty team down the road. And we'll get into him when he's up in, the, in our draft. There you go. We have um, um, more news up, notes. Devin up. Smith. Yeah, uh, poor Devin Smith, man. Can't seem to stay healthy. Another one of these guys that I wasn't really high on just because he's uh, you know, he's he was a one-dimensional player coming out, of, coming out of Ohio State. He was more of just a deep threat. But he tore his second ACL since he's been in the league. So that to me, that spells certain doom yeah dude i mean i smoked a big fat bowl when devin small devin smith was uh drafted and i still wasn't high on him uh so <laughs> i was wondering where the heck you were going with that man so to me it's just one of those guys like we didn't really like it when it came out even as a ohio state guy and you both and i both at ohio state and we usually like those guys but not him no, I mean, he he was what he was. He was just like a one-trick pony, just go down the yeah. field and hopefully catch a big play. His dynasty it. value is fit, fallen. In, and they, we talk about those guys all the time, those one-trick, you know, the Will Fullers. Right. Devin Smith was the Will Fuller before Will Fuller, right? Sure. Taken in the second round of the NFL draft. His dynasty value has hit the value of 0.0. I agree. Easy come, easy go. Mm-hmm. Now we'll let you go. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> quit quit singing that song. I can't man. help Jeez. myself. It's in my head. All right. Next, uh, let's talk about a tub of goo, shall we? <laughs> let's. Uh, Calvin Benjamin showed up a little little chunky. It's goo! <laughs> about, reportedly about 280 pounds to camp. Oh, my goodness. Which um, is slightly large for a wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. so he's, um, he's thinking about entering sumo competitions. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a little bit troubling. Um it sounds like the only pushing he was doing was pushing himself away from the buffet a little bit. Here <laughs> oh, excuse office. me. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, Calvin Benjamin, not a guy I've been high on also since since he came out. But this is the first time I've heard that his, you know, weight ballooning up to around And he was just on our sell high episode. Yeah. So you got this guy. Remember, his rookie year, this guy drops. Now, they did just pick up his fifth-year option. They did pick up his fifth-year option, which was surprising. But that's really only... Because they have no other receivers on the roster. It's really the fifth picking up the fifth year option is really only guaranteed against injury. Correct. They can still cut the guy. True story. If so, if he turns out fat and, and he's lazy or whatever, and they don't like him this year, they can cut him as long as he's not injured. Just more signs to get out from Kelvin Benjamin while you still can. I agree. And it just he's 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 one of those touchdown dependent receivers as it is. He doesn't have good hands. Uh, I look for the Carolina to do something at receiver probably go next year. Wouldn't even surprise me if they signed somebody like Terrell Pryor. Uh, I am getting out from Kelvin Benjamin. You can probably still get a really good return on him because other people still like him for some reason. I want nothing to do with him. I'm with you, man. Yeah. Fat wide receivers. Never yeah. seen a successful one in my life. 280 pounds is a fat tight end. Yeah, that is a fat tight end. I mean, and he's supposed to be a wide receiver. Kick so. rocks, nerd. Yep. Um, Sammy Watkins, speaking of fifth-year options, talk about disaster in Buffalo, right? They trade up. They give up a future first for Sammy Watkins, and they don't pick up his option. Now, 
bar it, they can still franchise him or sign him to a long-term contract. So it's not in the world if he has a good 2017. It is not. And and that goes back to my point um, that I was just talking about with Kelvin Benjamin and the fifth-year option. It's guaranteed for injury if they pick him up. And he is a guy that has been injured pretty much every year since he's been in the league. So I think that's that's more of the reasoning behind them not picking up the fifth-year option than the hey this guy's he's not talented he's he's obviously talented he's just not he they can't guarantee that he's going to be healthy so they can't pick up that fifth year option yeah might, it's, it's a business decision might is what be it a is. good buy low on Sammy and hey get out of Buffalo might not be the worst thing in the world for him as well maybe a different scheme uh, yeah I agree um but you know it is it is it is a red flag but no big regular regular like not not much more red than him getting hurt every single year. Right. I mean, that's But he came out strong. When he was healthy, remember, just two years ago, he was pretty damn good for when he was healthy. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. He just needs to stay on the field. I still field. love him. Yeah, he just needs to stay on the field. He was my Twitter avatar for a while there. I know he was. Little Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. Little, little Buffalo Sammy. <laughs> love <laughs> Sammy Watkins. Sounds creepy. Yeah, it is a little creepy. It sounds, like a, it, he sounds like he should be like a serial killer. There is concern when people are just constantly hurt. Yeah, and, and it's not like it's been... You know, it hasn't been like a huge one, like a like me, like an Achilles tendon or a patella tendon or something like that. It's it's been littler things. Yeah, it's it's not the same thing. It's not like Devin Smith. Oh, there goes my ACL again. Made right. out of paper mache. Right, exactly. Carry on, nerd. Um, Jamal Charles signs. Yeah, he finally found a home. It didn't take long after the draft. On the um, cheap too. So I'm guessing that that the Broncos. Um, you know they were they were probably waiting to see if they were going to get a guy early in the draft, and once they didn't, they were like, "Hey, let's let's get this guy in camp pretty quick." They obviously know him well; it's in division. They've been staring at that guy's tape for the past couple of years, and when he went and took a physical, obviously he must be good enough, well enough, yeah, yeah. well enough that they signed him. So. Yeah, look for C.J. Anderson still be the main starting running back there. Make for him they get the early carries, and look for Jamal Charles to be the pass catcher running back. Really kills Devonte Booker's value for this year, I think. But I think Jamal Charles is at his best in that third down role on a on a team like that. They can that look for them that with the quarterback situation to probably run the ball a lot and use him in that kind of situation. I think Jamal Charles might have some value this year in PPR leagues catching some footballs. I I think he might have a slightly bigger uh, role than what you described. If he's well, healthy, if he's as long as he as long as he's fully healthy, certainly talented enough to right. surpass that and be the starter running back if he comes out and he is fully healthy. I I think I think they're gonna to want to play it safe with him being hurt these last couple of years. I think they will they will limit that no matter how well he plays and just limit his snaps. Maybe in hopes when they get down late in the season that he could then pick it up, kind no, of like yeah. work himself into. I I see I see a scenario playing out where it's hey these are CJ Anderson this is CJ Anderson's drive this is your drive and if it goes into like two minute drill type of thing it'll be Jamal Charles for sure. So I mean I I I, I see what you're saying I just. I think maybe his role is slightly larger than just a third down role. I, I think, think they might be getting series and stuff like that. I think they're going to work him in pretty slow, so he might be like a really good buy low early in on ceiling week three. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And then something happens, and they either like C.J. Anderson does what he did a year ago, and he just mm-hmm. starts off real poo poo, you know? Right. And then he gets into it, but I still see them, no matter what, coming off the ACL, still kind of want to start him off slow, and people are going to see that he's not really doing much. Could change because he's he's an electric running back, but I think his value for him, if you need some running back help, he may be that running back where you can give up like a third round pick in a draft for him week three, it, it, and then come down to playoff time. Maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. Right. But if it does work out, it could be something that could propels you to the championship game, and all you gave up was a third round pick. I, I mean, I certainly think I think he can be had, uh, especially at this at this point of his career. You know he's an easy guy to move move on from. If if you if you if like I like I own Jamal Charles in a league. If I fell out of contention, I would move him for in, anything in a second. Oh yeah, you know like to a team that wanted to win. Sure. Okay. Um. And last but not least, our boy Gare Bear is no longer. He's no longer a member of the Browns. He got cut pretty much immediately as soon as they drafted Injoku in, in the first. He's a one hit wonder, man. He really was. Zumba um, Chumba or Umba Chumba. He had the one good year. He 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 rolled that into a contract, which is great for him uh, and his family. Um, he would have been a nice guy, I think, to to bring along a young tight end because he. I mean, I think he does some some good things in in both the running and the passing game. I but agree. but they moved. They decided to move on. They they figured getting getting Joku as much experience as possible, game experience. They might say they might say a little bit how they feel about Seth Deval too. 
you know, saying, hey, right. you know, we felt like he needs to be developed a little bit more. We just trade up for Njoku. We have, now we do want to two tight end sets. We want him to be really athletic. Sure. Seth DeValve out of Princeton, for example. Maybe they feel pretty comfortable with him. Right. There is a backup tight end. And Gare Bear is going to land on his feet. He's already visiting the Bills, and, uh, and reportedly the Jags and the Panthers are both interested as well. So he'll, the, he'll find the, a spot pretty I think quick. the Jags would be a great spot for him. They're loaded up right now. Uh just with offensive weapons, right, right. might be a really good spot for him if he and, lands with the Jaguars. And that, I mean, I think that was the whole point of the Browns basically cutting him mid-draft, was so he could land on his feet as quickly as possible. Agree, so, they did so him a favor. They did him a favor there. All right, so let's get into this draft, shall we? Mm, we shall. Now, the first offensive player off the board was Mitch Trubisky at number two. Uh, as a Browns fan, I was hoping they were going to get Mitch Trubisky, but you know, my feller, my fellow uh, men are native Ohioan. Uh, landed with the Bears. They trade up for him. He did. Um, initially, you know, obviously, my initial thoughts, I was a little bit perplexed, obviously, because they signed uh, Glennon. But, I, I mean, I always knew that that didn't really preclude them from taking a quarterback. But at the same time, it's just such a messy situation to bring a guy in and kind of pay him and then immediately draft his replacement oh yeah and the dude was glennon was at like their draft party yeah so it, it was very ugly like there was people you know obviously with their cameras on him as the draft was happening and there was like footage of him like being pretty pissed off apparently oh, about, yeah. about the pick and uh Ooh, let, the let bear straight up one pick oh they're about to get jamal adams our defense is gonna be sweet mr bissy son of a b right right where's my so, tupac head and, then, and then there's uh, you know immediately after the draft there's all these rumors that the head coach and the front office really aren't getting along. So I'm to me, it, it's suck. It kind of sucks. It sucks for a landing place just because who knows what he's actually landing, like landing into, you well, know, like it's, it's a long term quarterbacks like this. that get drafted high. their long-term projects as it is. Anyways, you don't draft a quarterback in your draft for media play from a rookie quarterback. It's not really an option as it is. Even the good ones aren't really that good right. in the first year. So if you need a quarterback, Mitch Trubisky probably isn't your first option in our super flex league so far. Uh, two rookies have gone, Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Trubisky's still on the board because it is a long-term it, It's a long-term there. thing, but it it kind of just, to me, it's like, who has John Fox ever developed as a quarterback? He usually brings in like a veteran, to be yeah. honest, and that's like his MO. Well, by the time he's good, John Fox won't be there. That's my whole point. Yeah. Like, he's going to be gone. It's going to be someone else. So hopefully, you know, Mitch Trubisky can weather that storm. Of, of, you know, an obvious regime change here in the coaching staff and stuff, good thing. We've spent too much time on Mitch Trubisky. Okay. Let's get, let's, to, the, let's get to the grits and gravy. Let's move board. on. Now, at number four overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars took Leonard Fournette. Ooh. Now, this is something that was not a shock. A lot of mock drafts yeah. had him going here. We kind of thought he was going to go here. Look for the Jags to make this guy the centerpiece of their offense. You got to help Blake Bortles out because he just has not played that well. Agreed. You know, they got Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns. Uh, Marquise Lee, soon to be Gare Bear, most likely, hopefully. <laughs> Could be, uh, yep. He's going to be the focal point of this running game. You still have TJ Yeldon, which, you know, I don't think it's going to diminish his value because TJ Yeldon can catch footballs out of the backfield. He can be that third down back. We'll see how Leonard Fournette transfers into that. Does this do anything for you in your rookie rankings? Um, No, not really. Where do you have Fournette right now overall in your rookie rankings? Um, Two. Number two. Still. Yeah, he's okay. still there. Yeah. All right. I mean, this is a guy that is going to run the ball hard. He's dynamic. He fits right in the scheme of a power run scheme that they want to run. They have a really good defense for what they've paid and what they've drafted. So they should get some good fuel position as well. I think Leonard Fournette at one two. I have no I have no problems with that whatsoever. If you want to take him ahead of Dalvin Cook, I have no problems with that whatever. I don't, I don't either. If you want to take Leonard Fournette one one, I have no problems with that whatsoever. Right. Neither do I, but I just have him at two right now. I mean, he's just, dude, he's just a big guy. I mean, he's just a big guy that runs the ball really well. He's got that size and speed that is so rare that people, I think, want to diminish him because he doesn't catch footballs as much. But he, I was, think, he wasn't asked to. We've been over this. He wasn't really asked to, to, to catch many balls. That wasn't his game in college. It's not like he can't. He just hasn't done it yet. Correct. So. I mean, I think if that's what they want, it's, I don't. I'm not sure that's what they even want from him in Jacksonville either. You don't need to. This guy, right. You're talking about a potentially 1,400 yard rusher a year, right? right? And I mean, in, in double digit touchdowns, and that's it, quality right. right there. Running back one quality. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in our Dynasty Nerd Staff League, 
one uh, one went Corey Davis, which I will say because we're going to Corey Davis next. I have catapulted Corey Davis to my number one one rookie. Okay, and then I have Dalvin Cook, and then I have Leonard Fournette. That's my personal rankings. Uh, just because I love Corey, obviously we love. We'll get to Corey Davis here next, but it went Corey Davis, Dalvin Cook, and I got Leonard Fournette at three. Didn't even need a running back, and I took him, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, absolutely. Great. I think it's a great land spot. He's going to be a focus of the offense. Again, he went number four overall in the NFL draft in a very deep draft. That's saying a lot. Absolutely. They love him. Yeah. Next pick is a guy we were just talking about, Corey Davis, right? Now, this is a guy who just said, I moved my 1-1. And people say, Wait, Rich, why would you move him to 1-1? Well, we've been preaching him for two years. This is a guy. He's a do-it-all receiver. He can play all the positions. He can run all the routes. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. He's got the radius. He's a, he does everything really, really well. He got the college production. He went number five overall. And, oh, by the way, the quarterback there is pretty good, too. Yeah. So. He, he just went to, a, I mean, right. the situation's great. Right. Right? He's going to be the, instantly the number one receiver him on and an Mario, up and coming offense. Him and Mario, they're going to be together for years to come. They're just going to, you know, obviously, you know, these are things that they're going to have to kind of work on the first year. But, I mean, I would imagine that's, you know, something they work out in camp, just getting to know each other and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, and, he got tons of touchdowns in college. Right. He could run all the routes, which yep. is key. The key to NFL success and why you'll see a lot of some of these small receivers, you can be the fastest guy in the world, but if you can't run a route, you're screwed. This guy can run a route, which means he's going to come in and day one be the starter. I, I see Mike Thomas Michael Thomas from the Saints kind of production. A guy that can come in and be a wide receiver too, right out the gates, a couple of years here. Look where Michael Thomas is going in startups right now. 11th overall, yeah. 10th overall. This guy's a first-round pick all of a sudden in NFL and dynasty startup drafts, right? Look for Corey Davis. In my $500 league that I just started, I had a sixth pick. I took Julio Jones, number one. It came back to me, and I took Corey Davis. I, I had a feeling he wouldn't be there when he comes back, and I feel like even though he's a rookie, I can get good production out of him early. Not the production I want, but the long-term value there is right. he's my Julio Jones in five years. Absolutely. Love the landing spot. Love Corey Davis. I love him too, man. Where do you have him on your rookie big board right now, today? Uh, Four. Number four? Mm-hmm. Could you still like that Mike Williams? Because I still got Mike Williams ahead of him. Well, the next player taken was Mike Williams. It was. At 6'4", 218. Mm-hmm. What it, so, tell me. Tell me this. Why... Why do you have Mike Williams ahead of Corey Davis still? Everything that you've been talking about for the last month? Yeah, I mean, it's all the same stuff. It's just, um, and I think I think Phillip Rivers, I mean, could you imagine a, a better fit for Mike Williams? A guy that goes up and gets the ball, and it, that's like one of the best parts of his game. Phillip loves throwing to, to tall guys. He loves throwing it up into coverage. He doesn't really care. That's like the, a perfect marriage to me. Yeah, I agree. I think the marriage here is absolutely unbelievable. Kills Tyrell the Gazelle's uh, value. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily even thinking that. I mean, I think Keenan Allen hasn't been on the field, and I think they needed to replace him, and I think they did, personally. Well, they just signed him to a contract. I'm just, not, I'm, I just like don't, last year? I don't know that, they, that they're confident that the dude can do it. Two years in a row, he hurts his knees. Right. Yeah, I mean, definitely hurts Keenan Allen's value. They just got, they take this guy early in the draft, number seven overall. Like you said, he's six foot four, good speeds. His best thing about Mike Williams' best attributes are going up and getting the football. He, he uses his side, his size, and to block out components Absolutely. and go get that football. And that's what Philip Rivers does tremendously. Yep. He is a red zone threat. You like those back shoulder fades that Philip Rivers throws? That's what Mike Williams does best. Like I said, it's I, I think it's a perfect marriage between quarterback and wide receiver, and that's that's why I'm going to keep him where I had him. At and three. when you, if you like touchdown, like again. High touchdown scoring players catapult in the fantasy production, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah, no shit, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but wait, you get more, you get more points for touchdowns. And this is, I think this offense is really going to entice Philip Rivers to play a little bit longer, having guys that are young. Because forget about, if Keenan Allen can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget about it. you have Hunter Henry, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and don't even forget about this is going to help Melvin Gordon. Right, absolutely. Right? I mean. Mike Williams is going to move the ball downfield. And they addressed the offensive line in the second round. with Yeah, yeah, and another guy. Yes. So, I mean, that's... Chargers, Chargers, production. They're really really taking care of the O, so that's good. 
Yeah, I think Mike Williams landing a and, terrific landing spot. And an and aside to that, I mean, their defense isn't that good, which is great for fantasy production when you have their offensive players when their defense isn't that good. Chargers are always playing catch because they need to, and yeah. it's awesome. It's always the fourth quarter, something's going on, and the Chargers are trying to catch you back up, and, th- and Philip Rivers out there gunslinging. Those are the kind of guys you want to have on your team. The offensive players that their defense stinks, at least, you know, for quarterback and wide receiver. And in this rookie draft with the the running back class being so strong, mm-hmm. and, it, and honestly, some of these spots we're going to talk about, it got even stronger. Uh, might it, it might not be a bad idea to grab one of these receivers because to me, I mean, I love Zay Jones in Buffalo. Right. I do like that. Um, I even like Taiwan Taylor going to, with Corey Davis to, Mar- to Tennessee. I think those were not there yet, but I think those are the two future starting receivers there. So, again, it might not be a bad idea to grab one of these running backs, no matter how much you like Christian McCaffrey or how much you like Joe Mixon. Because there's so many of them is what you're saying. What's the, what's to stop you from getting one of these guys like Jamal Williams and sure, sure. You know, the later rounds, round. right, yeah. which, is, which has good upside. Mm-hmm. So, Mike Williams, great landing spot in the first round. Then, right after Mike Williams gets selected seventh overall, no surprise again, Christian McCaffrey goes to the Panthers. Yep. Gotta love it, right? Um, yes, yes. I'm a little bit less, like, like, I'm a little bit less in love with that than some other, some other spots. And it's just, it's not that they don't need a guy like that. It's just that I've not seen them really use a guy like that. So I'm not sure how that's going to, how, how it's really going to pan out. Yeah. So Cam, obviously, um, a guy that loves to throw the the deep ball, you don't see him check down to the running backs all that often. They're gonna scheme around, but but on, on the other side of that coin, he's been getting the crap kicked out of him for years. Yep, because he's always taking these deep drops and chucking these balls down the field, and and it's it's no way to protect your quarterback. So maybe that's maybe they're switching a little bit of their philosophy, and they're gonna start using this guy. They obviously are, but I'm I'm just hoping that it works out. Here's what I think. I think a lot of people have written me and said, hey, this catapults Christian McCaffrey to number one, one overall to me, one, two overall above all the other running backs. I, I disagree. I like Christian McCaffrey. I said last week, I said, hey, I've come around on him. I, I get that LaShawn McCoy feel from him because the same way that we were talking about LaShawn McCoy when he came out is how we were talking about Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Now, granted, they're two different players, so it doesn't mean they're both going to turn out the same player, but he's dynamic. At the same time, I think about what you were saying, how they're going to use him. This is definitely a player they can line up in the slot, right, and use as a receiver because he runs really good routes. He has really good hands. What I'm worried about with Christian McCaffrey, what's going to fall into, is I think in PPR leagues, he's going to be successful. He's going to be good. But when it comes to Cam Newton, he's the red zone running back, right? Sure. Christian McCaffrey does not have the size to even be a red zone running back. No. So eventually if they need, like when John Stewart's done, which I, I see them using John Stewart as a red zone running back or Cam Newton. So that kind of hurts McCaffrey there where I think the touchdowns, unless he breaks one off or catches a touchdown, like a quick slant in the, in a red zone, I don't think the touchdowns are really going to be there for him. And when you don't score touchdowns, that can really hurt your fantasy value. I agree. Yeah. So to me, I slide Christian McCaffrey back. I, I keep him, honestly, I keep him. I move. It's kind of hard to argue because I'd make the case to argue where you could take Mike Williams now ahead of Christian McCaffrey and put McCaffrey at six. Well, I, I mean, I have Mike Williams. I obviously have a different board than you do, but yeah. I have Mike Williams ahead of Christian McCaffrey. And it makes sense to me. It's just one of those guys. I was talking to one of our good friends who's really good at dynasty football as well. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm taking player X at three unless somehow McCaffrey's there. Then I'll probably take him, even though I don't need to run back because I think he's going to be that good. I'm just I'm just worried about the situation. Like I like the spot because I think he, without the, no talented receivers there, I think they're going to have to run the ball. I think with him being able to catch the ball so well, they're going to utilize him in the passing game as well. So I think in PPR games he's going to be really viable. I think the guy obviously could if he exceeds my expectations, it won't be a shock whatsoever. I right. still expect him to play well. But like you said, there's a little bit of concern there. Mostly it's going to be the red zone and the touchdowns that I think he's going to lose out on. Well, hey, hey man, look, I mean and. Don't forget that they went and drafted Curtis Samuel in the second round. Look at there. Yeah, and I agree with that, too, and he's dynamic. They're yeah. almost the same player, man. They're pretty much are almost the pretty same player. I mean, there's... They, McCaffrey's got way better hips. He's more shifty. Right. I think McCaffrey's better, and he deserved to be taken in the first round, and Curtis did not. But they do so much... I guess they're not the same player, but they do the same things. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like I, I would have never been able to envision them being drafted by the same team. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And, and, there, and there's, again, our biggest weakness when we were talking about Christian McCaffrey before is that does he have the size to be a three down running back? And he doesn't and remember this is a guy that has tons of carries already, right? For the last two seasons, I think he had um, over 300 uh, carries on his resume and he's one of those guys, like every time you get his hands on him, he slows down. Like he's mm-hmm. fast and electric, but once you get your hands right. on him, that's, I mean, it's kind of it. So for him, there's no reason to believe that he's guys going to be a between the tackles runner, which again, kind of really hurts. His dynamic is going to come is that, and that's, I think the most chance for him to get, catch a touchdown is when they're going to slide him out into the slot or they dump off those passes for him. He uses his elusiveness and his athleticism then to get open and bust off a big run. But again, you have to worry about players like that. I mean, if, if Christian McCaffrey landed in like New Orleans, I mean, boom, he's up there. You know, Six like that goes, that boosts his stock. Him going to the Panthers, it's just not as creative, uh, I don't think, of a offensive system. And and we've never seen what they could do with a a, a player that's like this. So I, I'm, that's why for me, like it's it's there there were better landing spots than the Panthers, to be honest. Okay. I hear you, and I, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. Okay. Uh, moving on, right after that, then you know we're talking like offense. I think people saw this draft and they're like, you know what, this is so stacked on defense and not as good dynamic offensive players. Let's go ahead and grab these offensive players early. We'll come back to defense in second round. I think that was yeah the consensus around the whole like draft net community that 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 is why a lot of I mean not to, not to say that these guys aren't good, but the depth was really there at a lot of defensive positions where people thought, "Hey, if I don't get the top guy, the second or third guy will will fall to me next round and yeah. and I'm okay with that." And that, and that's a good strategy to have. Right. So right after McCaffrey, number 9, first shock and pick to me not the Mike at Dynasty Mike. He actually called this pick. He's like, I, I was like, oh, this, they're definitely going to take uh, Jonathan Allen here. Sure. And Mike's like, he looked at me. He's like, I, I bet they take John Ross. I'm like, no way. I and was sitting like, right there next to both of you guys. And sure enough, boom. Number nine off the board, John Ross. Really kind of surprised here. I, I was definitely surprised. I thought, um, I thought there'd be a little bit more medical concerns with him. Obviously, I like his game a lot. Um, but I thought the medical would keep him out of the top 10. At least I thought he was going to fall into the teens, maybe even like the the twenty area, um, personally. But I, I mean, I I was listening to the radio and Marvin Lewis was on today, and he he was he was excited because I guess not a lot of players get or a lot of players get rejected from their board due to their they have like really stringent medical apparently, um, the Bengals that is. So I mean, if he, they he said they poked and prodded him three times, his his doctors got hands on him. And and they you know they cleared him he passed and and there they are first round ninth pick picking him so yeah I mean this is a guy that we're talking medical he had shoulder issues right he had two two knee surgeries right two knee surgery and what is it was it one wasn't one of them microfracture fracture I, I believe so yeah and so the medical this is a guy he's small he's five eleven hundred eighty pounds easily hurt his game is his speed now he catches the ball well. And he can actually run pretty he good can, routes. He can so run good routes, too. When you yeah. sit here and say, well, guys, you hate those little fast receivers. Well, not ones that know how to run routes. We said that earlier. If you can run a route, that's really good. Right. My concern, my only concern with this guy is, is the medical. And I think it's a legitimate concern for long term. He's, he's for me, that I honestly want nothing to do with in my rookie drafts. I, I, I mean, for me, I'll, I'll rank him accordingly to, to where I feel comfortable taking him. I'm, I'm not going to get him. I know I won't get him anywhere, but um, I'd rather slide down because people are going to take him higher. People are going to take him probably. He'll probably go between five and seven in most drafts, maybe five and eight. Five and eight, I think's fair. I think it's consistent with where he should go. Right. Um, and I'm for, and for I'm, the not, upside, I'm not picking that high in anything, so I, I won't be. But even if, so, say you were hypothetically though, wouldn't you? I mean, I wouldn't take him either. I'd rather go. You know, OJ Howard. I'd rather go Evan Ingram. I'd rather go Njoku. He's not going to be five and eight, five through eight on my board. That's Mine my whole well. point. He'll he'll be down a little bit lower just just because of the medical concerns and the fact that hey, I mean, it sounds great that um that you know, Coach Coach Lewis said that he passed through their medical stuff. It doesn't mean that he's not going to get hurt in the future again. He's already had these two two knees and a shoulder. I don't care. I I, I have I just have in my gut feeling this guy is 
guarantee going to be those players. Just, like almost like we're talking about like Devin Smith getting hurt a lot. Like he's just going to be one of those persons that get hurt a lot. So so to me, I mean, it it's not worth it at, until probably the end of the first round. It's probably 11 or 12. If I, if I was picking, you know, there and he was sitting there, I would feel – I'd feel it was probably worth it then because the talent outweighs the risk for me. Agree. And I think it's he's more benefit in a in a draft this talented, right? I think at pick six, like right around there, pick seven, when you're almost a borderline team, he could be that player that kind of propels you into that next level if he's healthy. But at the same time, it's like I want to come up with a player that I feel really confident about. And some people will, they'll come away with the John Ross and feeling really confident. Obviously, you and I do not feel confident about it. Right. I'd much, I'd, I'd be much happier coming with a guy like OJ Howard. I agree. And just, I'd feel safer about that pick, and kind of take that position and potentially get like a number one guy than somebody's not even a number one receiver in their offense. Right. I mean, and and I think we all, I think we all know how this works. I mean, if you need a wide receiver and he's the last one sitting there, a lot of people are just going to take him for sure. So, but I mean, when it comes to red zone, right? It's not. I mean. It's not going to be John Ross. It's A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert. Right. Right? Totally agree. So it's just kind of, is he a dynamic NFL player? Yes. Can he run routes? Yes. Tyler Boyd showed us a little bit there last year as well. So for me, his fantasy production, we'll see how that works out. But at the same time, I might look somewhere else. Um, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. Okay. All right, that's fair enough. So moving on, uh, right after that, still right in that very next pick, trade up. The Chiefs move up drastically, get a future first-round pick uh, from the Bills. Bills get the Chiefs' first-round pick. They get Pat Mahomes. Now, we were talking before about Pat Mahomes, and we don't like those air raid offenses. We do not. But tons of scouts and people that I like to read are have given me enough promise on Mahomes where – I'm okay. You know, he has a chance, right? And we have to admit something here. He couldn't have gone to a better situation. That's exactly where I was going to go with that. I, I personally think Patrick Mahomes, I mean, his footwork and all of his mechanics are a frigging disaster. They're a mess. They're all over the place. But he could not have gone to a better place. He couldn't have gone. I mean, Andy Reid. People talk about Bruce Arians being like this quarterback guru. I'd, if I could pick one person in the NFL right. to take my quarterback under their wings, it'd be Andy Reid. Right, and 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 obviously, I mean, the guy is ultra talented as far as just arm talent. Like, I mean, that's 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 what, how he did everything in college was just just off his arm because he was he was throwing off his back foot, he was leaning the wrong way and throwing the opposite direction. Like all of his throws look completely goofy. But I mean, if Andy Reid sees enough, I mean. Obviously, Andy Reid knows quarterbacks a heck of a lot more than I do. Um, so, I agree. I mean, look, here's a here's a good example. I'm, right? I'm willing to I'm willing to give the guy a chance. But as you know, before I, I had written him completely off, but I think the landing spot here is enough that you can you can take a shot on Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid brought in Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. He refined his game and turned it into a a quality quarterback. Andy Reid, Mike Vick, right? Which is crazy the, to do. Who? Wait, what? So they have Alex Smith there, who could honestly be there for another two years, and they could be okay with that. Sure. And then they bring Pat Mahomes in. So if you're in a super flex league or you need a quarterback and you got somebody like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, remember these quarterbacks are probably going to slip to the third round of your rookie draft. Honestly, this draft is too deep at these skilled positions where you're going to get a quarterback in the third round. Pat Mahomes would be the first quarterback I take in a rookie draft. Okay. Because of the upside there. It, it, yeah, I totally agree. He has a ton of upside. I'm not sure that he's going to land it in, in my number one quarterback spot yet. Just clo- close your eyes and picture this. Tyree Kill. <laughs> streaking right past everybody. I'm going to streak it. <laughs> Pat, throw me the ball. It's me, Tyreek. I ran so fast, my clothes fell off. <laughs> Where are your pants? <laughs> it's cold. We're in Green Bay. What are you doing? There's nuggets just screaming around out there. Uh, to me, that's like a be- I, I I see that. I'm like, that's beautiful. Right. That is beautiful, right? I mean, that's all he has to do is chuck out the Tyreek. Tyre- no, ain't nobody catching Tyreek Hill, right. right? And they're going to get another receiver eventually. No, yeah, t- definitely. Zipping the ball a 1,000 miles Jeez. an hour at Travis Kelsey. I mean, yes, that's a beautiful image as long as the dude cleans up his footwork and Andy Reid gets him straightened out and turned into a real live quarterback. Moving on. Moving on. Um, the Browns at number 12 decide to trade back is what they do. Uh, I know you were pretty pissed at the time they did it. I was okay with it. 
I was very, uh, I'll just call myself emotional that night. And it goes back to the same situation that we were talking about the, prior to the draft. Mike wanted Deshaun Watson. Right. And I was like, you know what? I like Deshaun Watson's chances. He does not fit what the Browns are doing or their scheme whatsoever. I, I was not. I was not sad that they that we did not draft Deshaun Watson. I was sad that we just traded. didn't take Malik Cooker. We didn't trade. We didn't draft one of the premier guys that was sitting on the I got it. on the ta- at the you know it was sitting out there. At the that time. being said, we were both very happy with the Browns draft. Now, all in all, yes. So Deshaun Watson goes to the, uh, the Texans. If you need a quarterback and you're going to need help right away, this is your guy. He goes to a t- situation with a great defense. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to pump the brakes on that for a minute, man. Well, let me put on my seatbelt. Yeah, sure put it, yeah exactly. Right. I don't want you going through the windshield. Pump here. away, my friend. Well, Bill O'Brien's offense is no, it's not easy to pick up, man. I mean, it, notoriously hard, actually. Well, they could dumb it down. And it, Sean Watson's a pretty bright guy. I didn't say he was dumb, but it, I mean, I just sure don't, I don't, like it. I don't think it's something that's, it, that it's as plug and play as you think. I think Tom Savage is going to end up starting a few games. Probably. Probably. Oh, early. Yeah. Probably at least half the season. He's the most NFL ready. He's the guy that. Okay, we're talking about. I, I was pumping the brakes on the on the. If you're looking for a guy to start right away, this is your guy because I, I I'm not sure this is going to be the guy that's starting the season. Start the soonest, I guess, is the best way I should have worded that. Uh, okay. Like, if you're looking for somebody that's going to give you the most immediate return, okay, it's going to be Sean Watson. I, I all right, I can get on board with that. I just I just at the beginning of the if season. If you're going to get on board, make sure you put on your seatbelt because I too may pump the brakes okay. on some things. <laughs> okay, that's safety fine. first, Matthew. <laughs> that's right. Um, I don't want to. Die. I don't want to get. We, we spent too much time on these quarterbacks. All right. Um, so moving on, next guy off the board, tight end, O. J. Howard. <laughs> hey, Cameron Bray, how you doing? Yes. Hope you're doing good because you're not doing good anymore. See you later. I like Cameron Bray. I was a fan. So no, me too. And it sounds like they do want to run some two tight end sets, but that will relegate Cameron Bray to the bench. Yeah. And he'll be out for two two tight end sets only. Because OJ Howard's a three down player. He blocks well. It might be the best blocking tight end in the draft, and he is extremely athletic. Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Deshaun Watson, Giggity Giggity. Deshaun Watson. Giggity Goo. Not, I mean Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. All these Deshauns out there. I know. Deshaun. That Sean, uh-huh. all these Sean's. So OJ Howard goes to a great situation with a young nucleus there. Look for him to be. You got Mike Evans on one side, who's a huge target in the red zone. You got OJ Howard on the other side, and you got Deshaun Jackson blowing by dudes <laughs> wide open. I mean, crazy. And you got Jameis, right? I, if you've listened to this podcast for the last couple of years, you know how much I love Jameis Winston. And we, I was telling you beforehand, you know, Jameis Winston's only 24 years old. He is only 24. You want yourself some Jameis. I would listen to the case. Like, honestly, like in a super flex startup, I took Mike Evans number two overall in our super flex startup. And like, I thought about it. I, like, I should, like, I could take Jameis here because I know he won't be here on the way back. Obviously, I didn't because I'm not going to pass on Mike Evans. Right. But at the same time, it's like, damn, he's good. I said this a couple years ago. Like, when you think of Jameis Winston, when you draft him, Think of Andrew Luck. Think of that top-tier quarterback. When we talk about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, in five, six years, that's going to be Jameis Winston. I totally agree, man. He's still running that trajectory, right? He's, he's riding it, man, and they continue to give the guy weapons, man. This is what you have to do for young uh, quarterbacks to really mature, like get them along, bring them along, and and make sure they mature the right way. Where would you – I have I have, literally, if we're doing tight end drafts, right, and so we had to rank tight ends, like overall dynasty tight ends, which I think we should do in the summer too because we always talk about, like, players, but we don't ever talk about our overall player rankings, like like a mock draft between sure, us. Sure, sure. But, like, O.J. Howard, I consider him – for example, I just trade up in the Superflex League to grab Jordan Reed because Kelsey and Gronk went off the board, and I feel like there's a tier right there of Kelsey, Gronk, and Reed, and then there's another tier. Uh, okay. I love the tight end, so I had sure. to make a move up. I moved up five spots to trade up to get him. You sure did. I would listen to an argument number four of O.J. Howard. I mean, the dude hasn't played it down yet, so you know me. I'm not going to put him there yet. I agree, and, and, I, and I probably wouldn't draft him. But are the other tight ends, other ones I really kind of like, they're just not. No, I mean, I mean, I agree. I mean, the dude has a lot. Um, he's got a... A lot of upside, man. A ton of upside, but 
for me, I would probably I would probably pick a couple other guys. Uh, you know, Hunter Henry being one, just because he's done it for a year. I've seen in that I've offense seen him, as well, right? I've seen him in the NFL, so I I know you it. know he's going to be good, right? I I know you know some I have some information, whereas OJ is just a projection at this point. I would listen to that, and plus with Hunter Henry's athleticism too in size, I would listen. But to me, it's kind of like OJ Howard and Hunter Henry, like from a fantasy aspect are pretty damn close. That was a nice little hand gesture you made. And you can argue yeah. you can you can argue <laughs> that it's like a caressing. For the long term value, like situation wise, like we know Hunter Henry is good. But for the eight going back to the fact of having Mike Evans being really young and good and having Jameis there as your quarterback. Sure. You can listen to the argument of why OJ Howard. And granted he hasn't done anything yet. And I'm saying, you know, in college, besides the national championship games, it wasn't like he was overly productive as well. Right. So I, I like to I like to Hunter Henry saying, "Hey, I'll take him first. and that makes sense. You know, I'm a little happy on OG Howard, but still one of those top six startup tight ends right around there, right around say even six. Sure, right? sure. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give you that. Um, that's that's gonna go for all three of these guys probably in this first round. I you could make the argument for all three of them. I traded up in the nerd staff league. I had Gronk, and that's all I really have is my tight end. I traded up to one eleven and took Njoku. Nice, but we're not there yet, so let's, no. let's slow a roll. So OJ Howard, really really good spot for him. Great dynasty value. Uh, overall, a rookie draft right around I think locked in at number seven. Correct. He for should, you and I. He should go right around there. Yeah. yeah. To me, he's locked in. It's those top six, which the tier doesn't change, and then OJ Howard. Well, I still have this next guy ranked above him. So. Oh, you do. Okay, Evan Ingram to the Giants. There you go. All right. So, so Evan I, guess, Ingram, I guess it's arguable at this point. For now, me. again, a lot of people in the NFL draft that are watching that aren't dynasty players or don't listen to our podcast are like, who, Evan Ingram? Yeah, what, who's that? We were just talking about him two weeks ago, and you took him as your number one over tight end. We said how much we love him. Right. Here he goes. He goes into a situation that is dynamic. Uh, people were making fun of my Eli Manning pick in a fourth round of our Superflex League. Well, one thing was there was no quarterbacks left. There were none. Two. I, I will vouch for you on that one. Here's my argument for Eli Manning and with Evan Ingram. They have Odell Beckham, arguably the top one of the top receivers in the NFL. They bring in Brandon Marshall, who's a dynamic receiver. They have Sterling Shepard, who's a dynamic receiver. They now add Evan Ingram, who's pretty much a big, giant wide receiver as well. Who's going to take over for that Brandon Marshall role down as he grows into it as well? And they have a pass catcher and running back in Paul Perkins. And and I had I had some reservations. I had Evan Ingram first in my tight end rankings, but I was kind of concerned. I wasn't sure how he was going to be used um, when he got to the NFL, and all that was alleviated. You know, they came out and the Giants basically said, "Hey, we're going to use him." exactly how he's used in college we're going to move him around in the backfield we're going to have him in the slot he's going to line up in line sums up so he's going to be all over the field they're going to they're going to move this guy around as as one of those moving chess pieces that that can throw off a defense and that is exactly what i'm looking for out of evan ingram and that is why he's still my number one tight end because of of just i mean the guy had over 900 yards last year in a college season doing that kind of stuff Imagine what he can do in that offense in a a sixteen game year, you know, a sixteen game season. I mean, you're looking at a guy that can that could instantly be one of these guys that's a relevant tight end to me. I don't think I don't think that takes as much time as the guys that need to learn how to block. They need to learn because he can run routes. He can. He already knows how to run routes. He's yeah. faster than mo, than all the linebackers. He's he ran, ran a, a four four. four, four. Two, one, two, six, three, two hundred thirty-four pounds. Right. I mean, this guy—he's a mismatch nightmare. And and they, they, them telling me that they're going to use him all over the place is just music to my ears. Yeah, exactly. I I hundred percent agree. Red zone threat. Uh, him and Brandon Marshall, I think, might hurt Odell Beckham's touchdown a little bit there. Right. Right. But there's a lot of balls to go around. Evan Ingram in the first round is I would take this guy. Right after O.J. Howard goes off the board, I'm taking Evan Ingram. Yep. Right around number eight. Completely happy with that, too. He is... If he's sitting there at eight for me, I, I'm I'm super happy. I, I, I turn it in in two seconds. I don't even entertain trades. I'm fine with no. it. No. And he has the size and speed. We are just talking about before Jameis Winston. I mean, this guy could be like Mike Evans. Right. You know? They might... And eventually, if they, sw- they switch him outside after Brandon Marshall leaves two receiver, psh, forget about it. Yep. Right? Absolutely, man. I, I think it's a great fit for him. They 
the Giants are habitually loving the tight end in the red zone. They, I mean, they have an they have an excellent tight end coach as well. There, I mean, that's another thing that they're always kind of they're always trying to like they're making chicken salad out of chicken shit half the time with the guys that they have there, and now they actually have a guy that is that's worth a damn. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, how many of those tight ends like that we've seen come and go? Is this guy for real? Right. You know, um, Donnell, Larry Donnell. Exactly. These guys come through and they're like, they're, they they have success and they're low talented players. It's because they have an amazing tight end coach. And now they, they bring really in Evan Ingram. Yep. So Evan Ingram's still your number one tight end then? Yes. And I would listen to that. So you would take him seven overall? I would. And I would take... Uh, and you're saying eight, which, I mean, that it, you're splitting hairs at that it, point. To me, it's a win-win situation. I, right. I, again, right into this, if I'm going tight end after these... Besides Henry at four. So you say you have to take Henry at four, which I'm okay with. Because I'm not taking Greg Olson in these... Early, I'm not taking these old tight ends, right? Right, right. I'm not even messing around with Martellus Bennett in Green Bay. I'm going Rob Gronkowski. I'm going Jordan Reed. I'm going Travis Kelsey. Any order you want, those Any guys. Any order you want, right. And then I'm going, right after that, I'm going Evan Ingram. I'm going O.J. Howard. Hunter I'm going Henry. David Njoku. And Hunter Henry. Because, again, when you get a guy like Evan Ingram, you're getting a wide receiver in a tight end position. Exactly. Just the I same mean, thing happened with Marcus Colston. I can't say this never again because Marcus Colston came out the gates. He came out the gates and had success. And he was listed as tight end. He won people championships. I lost a fantasy football championship because somebody had Mar- Marcus Colston at the tight end spot, and I was right. pissed because he was a receiver. Absolutely. That could totally be uh, Evan Ingram, but I think they totally keep Evan Ingram at the tight end spot to start off his career no matter what because they do have Brandon Marshall there. They do have Odell Beckham, and they do have Sterling Shepard in the slot. It's when well, they're gonna, I mean, Brandon Marshall leaves, they might move him out. I, I mean, I would imagine they're going to list him as tight end. They're going to line him up in the, as a tight end just because it's a mismatch thing. The guys on defense don't know what kind of personnel to bring in when you bring this guy in that's a hybrid. But you line him up at tight end, and and what do you who do you put on him? You put a safety on him. You put a linebacker on him. Then you he's go. Beat him every then time. you then you split him out wide. I mean, he's, there's not he, a linebacker in the NFL that's going to keep up with this guy. A linebackers can't keep can't keep up with him. The safeties are most likely going to be too small to to you know to Miss to guard him. Nightmare. So, exactly. And he's got a he's got a good smart quarterback there as well. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram. If you're smacked there, this, this this rookie round, first round is pretty good up to this point right now. Absolutely. So we're talking about pick seven and eight right here. And now you're getting guys that are like, and we're talking about, besides John Ross, I feel like, immediate contributors. How many times do you pick in your rookie draft at pick number seven, and you're getting an immediate contributor to your roster? Half the times at number seven, you're like, okay, this is kind of a gamble. You're taking a guy that you like. Oh, yeah. These picks are locked in. And it goes right back to your state. Why would you take John Ross over Evan Ingram? I wouldn't. Yeah. Why? There's too much injury risk. That, but I mean, the guy's he's a very very talented guy, just too much injury risk. Yeah. So John Ross runs a four uh two, two, nine, two yeah. Or four two two, whatever the hell he runs, okay? This guy runs a four four two. But the difference is he doesn't have injury concerns and he's gonna score lots of touchdowns. And he's six foot three. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking the touchdowns every single time. Right, right. The big guys, those big receivers. Evan Ingram, there's no way you should be taking John Ross over Evan Ingram in your fantasy draft. There's just no way. That's my opinion. Mine too, man. I'm with you. So the next pick, the Browns straight up, right? The Browns move back into the first round. I'm very happy about this as a Browns fan. I thought maybe they were trading up for Ruben Foster, which I'd have been okay with. They trade up. We need a tight end upgrade. They take David Njoku. They did, man. Big time, big time player, big time athlete. Um, Raw. (laughs) Very raw. I like him raw. Right. He's only 20 years old. He's this 20. guy can't legally drink in the United States of America. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, David, let's go get a beer. Uh, yeah, I can't. You got, Street lights are on. Can you get them for me? <laughs> hey, can you pick me up a sixer, man? Uh-uh. Um, really raw. The Browns draft this guy. They release Gary Barnage. That says enough where it is. Mm-hmm. So they release Gary Barnage, who's the veteran, who, like we said, going to trade this guy. They're going to plug and play David and Joku right away this guy is going to be in the starting lineup yep right away and look at the browns don't have any their number one receiver is Corey cory coleman he's not a big receiver kenny Britt's a bigger receiver yeah yeah kenny Britt, like, kenny Britt falls in the six three uh wide receiver category but this guy's a raw high ceiling athletic tight end look look it's i mean it's a great pick the guy's obviously going to get a chance um he doesn't have the best of quarterback situations as everyone knows nope um so to me, that'll bump him down just a hair. But, I mean, he's going to be on the field right away. I will, I will say this about quarterback situation. Cody Kessler was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL last year, 
And his strong suit is the short intermediate passes. It's not the long ones. That's where Njoku kind of could be the threat as a big athletic guy versus a tight end. Yeah. I mean, obviously tight ends are like a, a young quarterback's little safety blanket. So that's a, that's another another positive. I'm just not 100% sure who's going to be there and who's going to be playing week to week. It may start off as Cody Kessler, but as he proved last year, he gets injured, injured pretty easily. And who's coming in next? Cause it's not going to surprise me that it's Deshaun Kaiser's starter. Then, then you're looking at Brock Osweiler as a possibility. Please, God, no. You know, if, if Kaiser's not... <laughs> I've suffered enough as if a Cody, if, Cozy, if Cody Kessler gets injured early and Kaiser's not ready and they don't think he's ready, it's going to be Osweiler. And, and for me, I don't want anything to do with anybody that's catching passes from Osweiler. Well, and Joku's a long-term project. Like, I, I was listening to his interview, obviously, here in Cleveland, and he was saying, hey, man, I've only been playing tight end for two years. Right. You know, uh, he's got a lot to learn. He's got to improve on his blocking. His obviously his route running and stuff like that. But he is a freak athlete. We all like him. Um, he's he's a borderline first round pick for me. He'll probably end up in the second round. See, I have him right around where I trade up to at eleven. Is right where I have him. But the difference is, I really needed a tight end, right? And that's what kind of gave him the edge because I would totally listen to the offer of taking like Zay Jones ahead of him. Who we're probably going to get into the next podcast and now. We're, I mean, we're in an hour now. Just getting the first round with those news and notes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We'll probably have to just cut it off here and, and do the, the second through the end of the whole thing. Yeah, let's see what we're getting for next week. So right, right. I hate to leave you guys hanging for two weeks after a draft. But listen, we have a long time to go. If you have your, your rookie drafts, make sure you get, I mean, you hit me up on Twitter with questions at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. At Dynasty Nerds. And... What we've come away with so far, just through the first round of these players, I mean, we we pretty much it, it gave you a list of first round rookie picks, pretty much. Right. That's a strong set. That we talked about a lot of offensive players that already went in this first round. Really good draft. This draft is about as deep as we thought it would be. And yeah, it really is, man. I I did not see a lot. There weren't a lot of players that got drafted where I was like, oh, I hate that fit. You know, there was a lot of guys that went to good situations just because there was. There were so many good players. I mean, and, you know, obviously these guys, the NFL, uh, the NFL executives, they took advantage. So. Yeah, and we saw some players that were going to go in the second round that are going to be first-round rookie picks. We haven't talked about guys like Dalvin Cook, guys like Zay Jones. And, mm-hmm. of course, what, what did I say? What did I say before? I said, I guarantee this. Nobody's talking about Kareem Hunt, but after the NFL draft, he's going to get a boost. He's going to get the biggest boost. He's going to be first-round rookie pick. Sure enough. He's, here's, cre- he's here's creeping Kareem up. Hunt. He's going to first round of every single rookie draft I've seen so far, like pick number eight, pick number nine. All right. So we'll get into those guys we'll number next week. Yeah. Um, again, make sure you download Maisie, our friends at Maisie. It's a ter- terrific app. Uh, and then make sure make sure you, if you're starting a new league or you're hosting a league, make sure you check out our friends at myfantasyleague.com. Uh, if you're one of my MFL 10, I still haven't sent those emails in because I have to send them all in. I'll get those over here probably in the next week or so, so you will get a credit to your MFL 10. And we do got 12 more to give away. We're going to give here, I think, away in two weeks, I think. We're going to okay. give those away cool. for the last 12 for the Nerd Herd members. Um, again, remember, if you want to support the website, the best way to do that is to donate to the website. Right keep, on. Keep, keep on keeping on. We're always trying to figure out ways to make your experience on DynastyNerds.com better. You can always buy a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt to show up in your rookie draft with the most comfortable t-shirt in the world somebody just wrote me they're like is it really the most comfortable shirt in our uh it's in either our Superflex league no it was our Superflex. Yeah, yeah and he's like and one guy chimed in he's like i have one and it's the most comfortable shirt i own i know and i'm like you damn right it <laughs> damn is damn right so again we don't just just as much as we promise Maisie's going to be good we promise you the dynasty nerd shirt not only will your high five intake increase and will you look better your sex sex life will probably improve but You'll be extremely comfortable. They like everybody needs that, like that go. Like when you walk out, like if you're a t-shirt jeans kind of guy, they need that go-to t-shirt. That's your go-to t-shirt. It's it's super comfy, man. We got them black and gray. And yes. And of course, the best way to support the podcast for free is to get on iTunes and leave us a rating review. We need them, man. I can't say how much it helps the website. They they help a lot. Rich loves reading them to me. I actually love hearing them from Rich because he gets so excited. It's like a little kid on Christmas. Oh, I wish I could remember to say who somebody gave us. A, I think it might have been Travis. I can't remember. It's from another site. They're like, and they, they just tweet out one of our reviews. We had a guy, a fellow who's blind, mm-hmm. who tweet out saying, give us an awesome review. I wish, I wish I could remember his name, but he gave us an awesome review saying, hey, this podcast helps me so much. For somebody that can't really see a lot, I trust these guys. Right, right. Uh, you, yeah, right. And I, they've I, helped me out a lot. 
Yeah, it was a visually impaired person, right? They said like uh, they they do a good job of describing like stuff for a person that can't watch it themselves, like that type of thing. Which literally is, one of my all time favorite reviews. Absolutely, I, and I do. I love le- reading reviews. It's the best way for me to hear the feedback about the podcast. Yep. I mean, we do this every week. You know, we have a million downloads. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's listening. I like to hear the. I like to hear the feedback from it. So I love to read them. And not only do I love to read them, it really helps the podcast out a lot because it gets the name out there, letting people know that hey. You took the time to review this. It only takes a couple seconds to, you know, to give us a rating and review. Sure, sure. It's a good way to hear what you guys are. And we definitely us. appreciate it. Truly appreciate. It. I literally look every other day to see if there's a new rating review. So I just gotta read it. it. Puts a smile on my face. All right. Or you can say I have uh, peanut butter in my mouth. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> either way. Either way, I'm happy. Either way, he tells me, and then I start laughing. I'm gonna so. la- <laughs> laugh either way. You can make fun of me. I can care less. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. So um, we'll be back next week. And we'll get right back into this rookie draft. No news and notes, obviously, because we, where you're going to be back next week, we're not even going to get up. Nope. We're going to go right into this because that gives us a week off. Because I'm going to Nashville this weekend. You are, my man. Oh, I'm going to get so drunk. Have fun. If you're in Nashville this weekend and you want to meet up for a drink, tweet at me. Tweet at me. Hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm more than happy to meet some of our listeners. Sure. Like our, our one of our listeners, Colleen, one of our favorite sure, sure, uh, nerds. She's coming up for the Browns game. And I was like, we are meeting up. We're going to have a... We're going to have a beer opening week. Sweet, Open man. week one. I told Colleen, I told Matt that he's going to have to come to me too. So. He, he told me. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back next week. Until then, carry on. Adios. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.